HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Big Green Egg, the world's largest producer of ceramic charcoal grills, and also by Springer Mountain Farms, over 300 family farms raising birds in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Learn more at BigGreenEgg.com and SpringerMountainFarms.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Heritage Radio Network. You can check us out at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are a member-supported nonprofit radio station based in Bushwick, Brooklyn, with over 34 weekly shows all about the world of food, everything to do with food, beverage, agriculture, policy, politics, you name it. We've got it. We have an archive of over 10,000 episodes on our website, all free, all the time. Do check it out. Today, we are lucky to be broadcasting our second day of live coverage from the Charleston Wine and Food Festival in Charleston, South Carolina. And I am delighted to have a very special guest with us now, Deb Paquette. Welcome, Deb. Hi. I don't know how special I am, but I feel pretty special sitting here. (laughs) You look beautifully special. Um, So Deb has two restaurants currently in Nashville, Etch and Etc., Um, But, Deb, your name is usually preceded by the word trailblazer. Does that make you feel an obligation to mentor today's young chefs? And what are the values that you feel strongest about trying to pass on to them? It means means I've just got a big uh, horse and carriage behind me. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, trailblazer means I've been there a a long time. Mm -hmm. And I've set precedents for being wacky and crazy in the community. So it gives other chefs the opportunity to follow suit and have fun and be experimental and have a great time with food and challenge yourselves every day. Cheers to that. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Charleston today. I am sitting here right now resting a minute. Um, (laughs) It's been busy doing um, the events and prepping for them. And um, we are doing representing Springer Chicken, Springer Mountain Chicken, uh, which is delightful and has... It's the, the good, better chicken for you. And uh, so we just did a porcini-seared uh, chicken thigh with a eggplant raisin sauce and a roasted tomato red pepper sauce and a sage cream fresh. And I had quite a few people come back and say, this is the best thing they've had all weekend. So you know that makes your day. Wow. I know it's not the best thing, but it was their best thing. So that's all that counts. That's amazing. Yeah. We're really grateful to Springer for being one of our sponsors this weekend and making it possible for us to come down to Charleston and bring you live coverage along with Big Green Egg. They're a great company. Big shout out to those guys. Really appreciate them. Um, And have you been able to check out some of the other events happening in Charleston this weekend or have you walked around the festival? 
I found all the parties, if that's what you mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, um, I really haven't. I prepped five hours yesterday, and we um, went to the H&M store and bought some sweatshirts because it was a little chilly out. Uh-huh. But I've checked out a lot of the booths, and I've checked out, of course, a few of the cocktails, which are just fabulous. You have there, one in your hand right now. There's nothing to complain about here, <laughs> nothing whatsoever, except it could be a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. Take a drink. Okay, sorry. I was holding my microphone wrong. I take a drink. Okay. Take a, take a drink every time, David, the sound engineer okay, tells you to hold the mic Just, closer. Could you have him bring some more <laughs> over, please? Um, so tell us a little bit about your places in Nashville. You've been in Nashville for a while. You were actually the first woman in Tennessee to qualify as a certified executive chef, so you know your way around town. Um, but tell us yeah. a little bit about Etch and about Etc. Uh, We opened up Etch five years ago, downtown Nashville, because there was really nothing kind of wacky and fun. And all of a sudden, Nashville just went kaboom. And it is growing like crazy. So it's sort of exciting because um, uh, we're kind of a, uh, a destination place because... You know, people go on the Google machine and they find something that's, you know, barbecue, something that's southern. And then they find us, which are kind of like we step outside of the box. So we do a little lot of international stuff, but kind of fun and crazy. My mantra is to give people things they won't fix at home. So we have a lot of colorful plates. Very minimalistic restaurant. The food is the color. And then we have a smaller restaurant we opened up in a a nice little neighborhood. And um, it's working, and it's great. And so we get to have fun, and I encourage my young chefs to grow and prosper, challenge themselves, and then they challenge me. What are some of the dishes on your menu that have a lot of that international color? Um, Everything has color on it. Like, we require color. I mean, um, on every dish. So I have to challenge the the chefs to come up with things. And um, then I taste them, and it has to pass. Yes, you know, get $200, they get to go. Um, We have right now, uh, like, um, a Beijing chicken breast um, using Springer Mountain Farms chicken. (laughs) And we sous vide it in five spice. And then we do a double bread, like a southern chicken style. We serve it with a a black fermented black bean butter. And then we have a homemade hoisin sauce. We have a a roasted red bell pepper Szechuan sauce. And then we have a miso scallion sauce. And I haven't put chicken on my menu in the nighttime in, like, 20 years. And so I'm amazed how well it's doing, and um, maybe I should have done it done it sooner. But wow, that I'm, sounds delicious. Yeah, but anyway, it's good and it's fun. What are some of the ways the food scene in Nashville has been changing in the last five years, and anything that you'd like to change about where Nashville is going? Um, I think Nashville is exceptionally crazy right now. There are there are like seventy cranes in the sky. Um, and half of them are restaurants. Um, but what I like about it is everybody's a little different, so it's kind of fun for tourists to come and really enjoy um, the food scene because there is, like, a lot more ethnic restaurants and a lot more upscale southern, and there is a lot more healthy. So we're hitting all the avenues, and I really like that about my city, and I've been waiting for it to grow since I got there in 1982. Mm-hmm. I was just two when I got there. <laughs> I'm 60. <laughs> okay. Um, and what advice do you have for women chefs in Nashville or elsewhere in the country in 2017? Keep up with your image, ladies, because I have worked with men my whole life, and I have worked with um, a lot of women, 
and they are a little bit more mature in their thought patterns, and they definitely have a lot of common sense, and they have a lot ahead of them, but they are great in the kitchen. Women are superb in the kitchen. Not to say the men aren't, but men just left their common sense in their mother's womb. (laughs) And and not that they can go back and get it, but (laughs) they have to work a little hard at using it and finding it. How do you think that men's food differs from women's food and, and how, what advice would you give to a male chef? It doesn't because when the kids come to work for me, I have this term that I have to, I, I get in touch with your feminine side. And I will keep saying that until they get in touch with their feminine side because we have to do pretty plates. And soon those men are really great at being not just feminine, but more artistic and thinking how they can make this look more eye appealing to the customer. Because when it first sits there, you eat with your eyes. Mm-hmm. What other uh, projects or travels do you have coming up that you're excited about? I'm headed to Delaware with actually the young man who was um, on on the radio right before me uh, to do a big event for Meals on Wheels. And then I'm going to Canada to do an event. And I just got done with an event uh, at the Super Bowl. So I've kind of been on a roll, and it's fun and crazy. But I actually look forward to um, getting back to my two restaurants full-time and working on menus and better plan for the summer. Very cool. It is cool. You mentioned Meals on Wheels. Um, are there some other organizations or is there somebody working in your community in the food space that you want to recognize on the air? Yes, I'd like to recognize the Food Alliance and I'd like to recognize the, uh, well, Food Waste Alliance, excuse me. And the James Beard Foundation is backing it too on how to um, get, how to use, move your waste from your kitchen, from your doorstep and move it on to the, to the compost pile. And it starts with it starts in the beginning with teaching young kids what not to be wasteful, not to leave the water running. Um, you know, how do you use a tomato that's blemished? Like just how not to put so much into our waste piles. And so I'm part of that committee, and um, we are doing. Our mayor has uh, given us. He, she's challenged us. It's called the Mayor Challenge in Nashville, and she's challenged us to how to deal with waste. That's terrific. Thank it's you great. so much. Well, Deb, thank you so much for being with us on the air today. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. It was a pleasure having you, and I hope that you get to enjoy some food around the festival and enjoy the I events. I will. And we will look forward to hopefully one day seeing you in our shipping Thanks. container studio in Brooklyn. And I appreciate you letting me be here with Springer Mountain Farms. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This is Heritage Radio Network. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. I'd love to recognize, once again, our sponsor, Springer Mountain Farms Chicken and also Big Green Egg. We have a silent auction for a Big Green Egg Minimax just to the the other side of this teepee wall here. Uh, Please consider making a bid on that and supporting Heritage Radio Network. And thanks for listening. Check out our full lineup at heritageradionetwork.org slash Charleston. This episode is brought to you by Big Green Egg, the world's largest producer of ceramic charcoal grills. In business since 1974, they've transformed ancient cooking vessels into modern-day masterpieces. Today, they sell seven sizes of the egg, as well as hundreds of accessories designed to make your cooking fun, entertaining, and delicious. Often copied but never equaled, the Big Green Egg is the ultimate cooking experience. Learn more at BigGreenEgg.com. This episode is also brought to you by Springer Mountain Farms. 
over 300 family farmers raising birds in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Many of them are second and even third generation. They're committed to doing things the right way. Springer was one of the first poultry companies to forego the use of antibiotics, and they've embraced other humane practices too. In fact, they were the first poultry company to earn the American Humane Association seal of approval. Learn more at springermountainfarms.com.